0: Good morning. How are you doing, Charlie? You right.
1: right? I'm doing all right, thank you. How are you, George?
0: Very well, very well. And hello to everybody.
1: Welcome to Watchers and Tea. Um, this is a little podcast that George and I have created to discuss our very favourite rural soap drama <laughs> on the radio.
0: My favourite rural soap radio drama. Uh, there's none better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wouldn't it be interesting to find out if there was another rural, yeah. countryside-based radio drama out there.
0: Called something like the the, the Thatchers.
1: <gasps>
0: a rival family called the Thatchers, who are all... I do
1: <laughs> <laughs> We need to do some investigating. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have made this podcast because um, well, we would normally sit around and talk about the Archers, uh, George and I, uh, but due to the current circumstances we've not been able to meet up and have a cup of tea. So we thought we'd Call each other and have our conversations, but record it so that other people can join
0: in too. But
1: maybe you're sat at home and you need a good excuse to get a cup of tea and a biscuit and uh, and just relax for about an hour.
0: Yeah, give yourself an hour off and just listen listen to us whitter on for a bit and uh, yeah, <laughs> nice and relaxing and not too annoying.
1: Yeah. Um. So <laughs> I actually wanted to say something about last week. Um which it sounds more serious than it is, um, because I would like to start with an apology.
0: Ooh, what would you like to apologise for? This is quite like a politician or something.
1: I know, I feel like a politician or, you know, like um, someone on the BBC who's accidentally sworn and uh, has to apologise. No, we've not had any complaints or anything, but um, when I was listening back to last week's episode and we were talking about PTSD, I felt that I wasn't uh, taking enough care with my words So um, I wanted to say, obviously, I'm not an expert. Um, And I think I gave the impression that, you know, if you go to ICU, you'll definitely get PTSD, which is not always the case. Um, And in fact, you know, lots of people can spend time in intensive care and not develop PTSD, but it just can happen. The other thing I felt that I didn't do well was that I didn't show enough appreciation for the nurses and doctors who work in intensive care. Um, they do their absolute best to make the experience bearable for patients. They're highly trained, highly skilled, both as you know medical practitioners, but also as people who work in ICU. They know the circumstances and they know um, how best to treat patients. Um, obviously, they can't completely eradicate the stressful experience, um, and that's why it can be a stressful time for patients. But I, I felt like maybe I didn't uh, didn't give my respect enough to the doctors and nurses so I wanted to make sure I did that
0: yeah no absolutely I think I'll, I'll add my uh add my apologies there as well and say yeah obviously doing uh well an incredible job at the moment and uh, mm. and always doing an incredible job um eh. you know all th- you know throughout the year whatever's whatever's coming their way so absolutely massive respect to them good point good point Charlie
1: thank you and then moving on this is the last week of current timeline episodes of the archers yeah for a while
0: yeah which which is which be an interesting time to leave it because because we know we haven't got the wedding this week but the wedding is due for next week isn't it Mm. is that right or something or even two weeks time but that we're gonna have to put that on hold for the moment yeah it's gonna be really interesting to see how they pick things up again um after this kind of three weeks of older episodes
1: indeed and i'm but i am looking forward to the older episodes too it's gonna be Mm. good so let's start with Sunday's episode, which again I think was a Friday episode.
0: It felt like a Friday episode, didn't it? They were out. They were out on the stag do, and uh, yeah, we've got to start off with start off with Gavin, Philip, kind of doing their. I don't know. I'm I'm slightly getting a bit fed up of their little chats. Their little their little kind of like, you know, little chats with each other, and they're comparing notes on. Oh, Robert's apologized, and you know. F- Basically, Gav just getting worried, and that everything everyone's going to cause problems for them. I don't know; um, mm. <laughs> they're annoying. Well,
1: I know what you mean because we—they're annoying me too because we don't sympathise with them. You know, we're not on their side. We're a bit like, oh, stop blimmin' complaining! You're a—you're uh, not nice people.
0: <laughs> well, no, absolutely, and uh, uh, we're we definitely meant to find them annoying, but uh, but it's working mm. on me. I'm afraid.
1: Well, that's it. You're right. They do talk about the fact that Robert apologised. Um, and Philip assures Gavin that the Snells have enough to deal with, so they shouldn't cause problems for them. And I think in this episode, once again, they refer to Blake and the other um, workers as horses again.
0: That's just horrible, isn't it? It's, a really, it's mm. a really nice picked word that the writers have picked for them to describe, because it's really horrible and, um, yes, kind of taking away their humanity.
1: Absolutely, but it's it's funny, isn't it? Because I I do think horses are very majestic animals, George. But the point is, is that they're not. <laughs> <laughs> they're not horses, um, and it's just like it's quite like um, I think you're right with the writers. You know, they've picked an interesting word, and also just keep reminding the audience. You know, these are the baddies right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you had any doubts, yeah, just just to remind you. Mm.
1: And I don't know about you, George, but. I felt slightly uneasy when Gavin and Philip were talking about Roy because Gavin was sort of saying, you know, maybe I should talk to Roy, maybe I should see to Roy or something. And Philip said, you know, don't go too far, don't be.
0: I think what Philip said was, don't go wellying in. I know what you're like, or something (laughs) like that. I've noted it down because that just stuck out. And I was like, I can absolutely imagine Gav going wellying in. Um, Mm. And. Whatever that might be, but yeah, no, I was with you. I was a bit worried about Roy or, or what was gonna, yeah, where this was all gonna lead to, yeah, mm. yeah.
1: And I do think, um, um, I spoke to my auntie this week and she, she thinks we're right. We think she thinks that Gavin will also be Philip's downfall. Because right. to be honest, if I was Philip, I'd be like, Gavin, we've nailed it, like it's going fine. We just need to not cause any problems, and it seems to be going quite smoothly. Whereas if Gavin's sort of wellying in. He's mm. actually more likely to create some bumps in the road. But, yeah, I was nervous for Roy.
0: And then we, we sort of hear them going out driving to pick up pick up Roy. Um, <gasps> who bless him. has got dressed up because he thinks they're going out clubbing. What colour is the shirt? Is it mauve? Yeah, they
1: go lilac, mauve. So it's obviously a version of a purple. And he keeps saying Mardi Gras. <laughs> it's Mardi Gras. <laughs> Which I don't know if that is a shade of purple.
0: Got no idea, or is it just that it's a festive shirt? I got Particularly no idea.
1: vibrant. Yeah, I'm really intrigued yeah. to see the shirt. Yeah, but they—I thought they were a bit cruel. You know, if he likes it,
0: Kirsty was definitely joining in with the. Uh, well, she was sort of leading the uh, the Mickey taking. <laughs> um,
1: she was, wasn't she? Yeah. Maybe it's because of the world we come from, you know, George, where we're in the arts, we're actors, you know people wear the most outrageous things but because we're quite creative and arty people everyone sort of respects that as individual expression um, <laughs> or it's actually quite cool that you that you put on a vibrant shirt I was like well, oh, if Roy wants to wear it Roy can wear
0: it, it was um, it sort of reminded reminds me of, um, of the show that we worked on together Charlie um, one of one of the one of the actors and writers. Who shall remain nameless? His character was meant to be dressed terribly, you know, awful suits, not quite fitting, you know, terrible gold chain, awful shoes as well. And one morning at rehearsals, uh, this chap he'd obviously been trying on the character's shoes and had kept them on for rehearsal because shoes are actually quite important for actors. They're kind of kind of they affect how you stand and, and you kind of. You try and build up your character from the floor up is what they'd say at drama school but he thought you know i'll try these on for rehearsals so he turned up to rehearsals we were kind of having morning morning notes and uh, everyone could see he was wearing these shoes. And I thought they were his shoes and they were dreadful. <laughs> and everyone noticed. These. Oh, God, is anyone going to tell him that he's wearing these dreadful shoes? Because um, like you say, he could have just picked a bad pair of shoes. But luckily, <laughs> they were his character shoes.
1: <laughs> I remember that morning. I remember that. There was this sort of flutter amongst us all where we were all thought, who's going to tell him? <laughs> who's going to tell him that these shoes are not all right? And yeah. maybe maybe he really likes them. Yeah, um, right. I know. I know. But thankfully, they were the, just the, the character shoes. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was very silly. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. But they go to Feathers. Is that the pub?
0: Yes. Feathers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, uh, and Tracy is there.
0: Yes, of course. It's brilliant. I just a lovely little, lovely little Tracy scene there, isn't it? Gets bought a drink she's like oh great I'll come over join you all brilliantly they, they're kind of dropping these heavy hints about it being a lad's night and oh you know oh no won't you want to spend some time with Roman and she's like oh no, no that's all right and then as soon as they suggest that she buys a round of drinks <laughs> boom she's <on. laughs> excellent I love it
1: no I thought that was pretty inspired actually I was wow. uh, I was very impressed because I thought how are they going to get rid of Tracy I mean I like Tracy quite a lot but I could understand yeah. that if you're on a stack do you, you will not you weren't really intending to show Share it with her um but yeah was that philip i think
0: <laughs> yeah i think so philip did a pretty good job of uh, of getting rid of her again sort of slightly showing his calculating nature um, mm. but also you know they can't really say that it's a stag do because uh, nobody knows that the wedding's happening so they've got to try and keep that under wraps
1: oh yes of course i forgot about that yeah
0: yeah so they can't say oh we're on we're on philip's stag do actually if you could just leave us to it so actually at this moment this moment in the episode i had a bit of a realization that this is one of the this is one of those episodes where we've stuck with a set of characters throughout. There's no kind of cutaway scenes in this episode. We started off with Gavin and Philip. We go to them in the car with Kirsty picking up Roy. We go to them in the feathers. There's no cutaways, and for me, I don't know. Whether, I don't know whether this is a deliberate choice by the writers, but whenever an episode happens like that, the tension for me builds without mm. even kind of realizing that it's happening. It, the kind mm. of the, the, the episodes I can really remember in particular that where this happens, and it might be that this, ha- this happens more often and I don't really notice it, but most in recent years, Elizabeth's therapy session where there was a whole mm. episode that was just her, her with her therapist, and then obviously um, Helen and Rob, the kind of culmination of that storyline, um, where again you sort of within throughout the episode you could just hear them cooking dinner because and that's all you heard and that tension just sort of built and built and built and i i was a bit worried at this point because again the tension was building we'd heard what philip and gav had been saying about roy and yeah yeah a little bit worried
1: yeah that is a really good point and I, i've got to say actually as soon as you start talking about it, i thought about the helen and rob episode
0: mm.
1: which um ended in the awful incident um and you're right yeah it, it didn't There wasn't sort of two plots going on at once, like there often is. It was Mm. simply this one. And it was a little bit more real time. You know, obviously it wasn't just 15 minutes of of an evening, but it wasn't a whole day. It was just an afternoon. And I think, yeah, you're right, it really added to the tension, which meant, I think, then the ending of the episode was so impactful because Philip and Alistair decide to go home they're, mm-hmm. they're they've had enough but Gavin's really pushing that Roy comes to the club because they talked a little bit about Roy having um questioned Philip about the uncle and stuff like that and it seems like it might be okay and then Gavin's like you've got to come and he's plying him with alcohol getting him more and more drinks And then at the end of the night, they're a bit drunk and Gavin suggests, no, they're going to get a cab home. And Gavin says, oh, no, you've got to pick it up from this alley. They don't like picking up in front of the club. Come down this alleyway with me. And I just thought, oh, my goodness, what is going to happen? I was talking to my auntie on the phone and and she, like me, was worried that Gavin was going to duff him up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was with you. I thought I was just really worried. I didn't really know what it was going to was going to happen because because for me is such a such a live wire. live been being very generous um <laughs> he's such an idiot and sort of and i think does have a tendency toward violence and you know mm. he's had a few drinks didn't know what was going to happen
1: no and i thought maybe this is it you know i mean i don't want roy to be beaten up or anything but potentially this is the d- beginning of the downfall because gavin's done up something massively suspicious yeah. So I thought, oh, maybe this is really good. And then if we move on to Monday's episode, yes. I was listening to it thinking, OK, OK, what's happening? What's happening? What, oh. what, you know, how's Roy? How's how's Phoebe? Because it starts with Adam and Pip in the playground and Pip saying that she called in on Phoebe yeah. and she didn't get an answer from Roy or Phoebe at their house. And I thought, this is it. Roy's in hospital.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know. Yeah, I thought it was very clever was very good. And it, it, it's it, a brilliant um, sort of um, juxtaposition of real... I mean, if you're listening to all the episodes in the in row or, um, or the omnibus, um, the juxtaposition of the normality, that kind of slightly tense moment, if you've, if you've, if you've thought the same as us, where you're thinking he's going to get beaten up. Um, and then we go to Adam and Xander, Pip and Rosie in the playground, just kind of real normality. Um, but yeah, mm. with that, that little nod to the fact that Phoebe's not in, I was, yeah... Yeah, I'm very worried.
1: But we do go to the playground. And it's quite nice to hear that Adam's taking Xander out, isn't it? Particularly previous storylines have sort of suggested he's quite tired and doesn't always have a lot of time. So that was quite nice. Yeah. And um, and Adam gives some good advice to Pip because Pip's talking about the rewilding um, and barn investment office redevelopment thing. And we know that Justin is playing hardball with that. You know, he wants it done his way or no way, and Adam suggests something very clever, which is the only person who can get the better of Justin is Lillian. So why not ask her how she does it?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spot on advice, isn't it? I and mean, we've seen it before. We've seen that Lillian, uh, yeah, Lillian knows her way around Justin. I think that's 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 very good. uh very good advice. Mm. And then we we sort of we see leave them to it and uh, and find out that Roy is is not beaten to a pulp. He was uh, no. very hungover, thank goodness.
1: And interestingly, I think it does start with Tracy being like, oh, Roy, you know, what's happened to you? And I wondered, oh, is it because he has a black eye? <laughs> uh, but no, it's just that he's he's really, really hungover.
0: Yeah. And, and and at this point, I'm, well, yeah, I think we're all wondering, okay, so what did happen? If it's not what we thought it mm. was, what did happen? Um, so there's, And then that sort of leads into the rest of the week, doesn't it? But
1: uh mm. They keep us hanging on, though.
0: Yeah, absolutely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think we got a bit of a chat between uh, between Tracy and Susan, and references to Emma as well. Um, and and what Emma, what Emma's going to do with her life, and they're kind of you know that Susan's worried about Emma, um, but I think Tracy is sort of giving some fairly good advice and sort of saying, you know, you've got to let let Emma do what do what's right for her, make her own choices. If they if they're mistakes, choices then then at least mm. she's made those decisions herself. Which I think it's good advice, really.
1: I think it is good advice. I think potentially she could, you know, she's a, she's Susan's sister, isn't she? She probably doesn't employ the most amount of tact that she could. Um, but yes. I'm not even sure Tracy enjoys using tact um, mm. <laughs> in the first place. But, uh, yeah, I, I you feel this quite urgency, this sense of urgency from Tracy that uh, that she's really desperate for Emma to do this thing, to move on. Um, and and start afresh. We still don't quite know what it is. I've definitely assumed at this point she's going to rent a property, and mm. I'm a bit worried that it's going to be outside of Ambridge, mm. and particularly because you hear Susan's uh, reticence and, and nerves about the whole thing. I, th- I think, oh, maybe that is true. Maybe she is moving far away. and yeah. Why is she doing this? Oh, she doesn't need to do it. Um, yeah. But it's so lovely. I did love um, Tracy and Susan. You remember that they're sisters, and they... Sort of have this little friction, but then actually at the end, Susan's quite grateful for what Tracy said, um and it's sweet. They're kind to each other in the end.
0: Yes, this is nice. And then, and then the rest of the episode is is sort of based in and around cricket training, mm. which which I found quite interesting. So, well, we've got we've got Gav turning up, haven't we? Gav turns up because he's uh, we, well, by all reports, a decent cricketer, and. uh Tracy's tried to get him to come along, hasn't she? Did they chat mm. about? It? I, I can't remember.
1: Yeah, I think they chatted about it at the feathers. That's right.
0: Yeah, so she's she sort of talked Gab into into coming along. So he sort of he appears at training, and you know we think, oh, oh a great, brilliant, more of you. <laughs> um, yeah, I know.
1: I did wonder what is he playing at, you know, is he... Yeah. Why? Why is he doing this? Why is he getting closer to everyone? Is it that yeah. he's arrogant enough to think they've all got... that him and Philip have got away with it now and mm. he's sort of almost flaunting that? Is he mm. Is he trying to keep everyone close to him and check that he can hear, you know... Is he trying to make sure he can hear the, the gossip and the goings-on?
0: Yes, you don't feel like it's for a bit of village camaraderie, do you? Whatever the reason no. is. I, I found a bit of this episode quite interesting because we kind of get a little insight of the um, of the the men's uh, changing room, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. which having, having played sport, um, well, I was going to say throughout my life, but I haven't kind of played re- in recent years. But, you know, when I was at school and university and um, played with the various kind of men's cricket teams, it, it's quite an interesting little insight, actually, um, because there there possibly is a little change in... I think I guess I'm talking about Adam. Um, mm. Because, you know, Adam generally very kind of... I don't know. I don't know. Like...
1: Mild, mild-mannered, kind, calm.
0: Yeah, exactly. Those are the words I'd used to describe him. And then suddenly he starts making a joke about Johnny's hair. And I just... <sighs> I thought... I mean, it was a horrible moment, wasn't it? Because you could just hear his heart drop uh, in his voice for Johnny's. Um, mm. But it... But, Something about that that kind of men's sports changing room thing um, that does make people say things they wouldn't necessarily say um, in everyday life, I think.
1: Is that is that true, Georgia? Because it seems like, you know, not having been in many men's uh, changing rooms, I, uh, I, I wondered whether it was a bit of a cliche.
0: Well, I don't know. I think it depends on... Depends on the sports team you're playing with. I think would probably be Mm. um, would be fair to say. Um, I think I said um, in recent weeks that I've played. I've been fortunate to play with some um, very friendly and welcoming sports teams. And uh, um, but 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 as with anything, you know, when you're on the inside of those things, um, it can be kind of you know all a good joke, and you know everyone everyone gets on get in on the joke. But when you're on the outside of it and sort of first being welcomed in. They can mm. be quite a- quite alienating, I think. Um, and obviously Johnny is very much on the inside of the cricket team. So probably with something like this, he would probably jump in and join in with the joke. And that would, you know, everyone would sort of get on all right around it.
1: Yeah. And that's what Adam assumes, isn't it? That because Johnny is on the inside, that this really mm. is just yeah. totally fair game.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that, I think that ordinarily it would be, you know, it would be great. And, and they probably would all have a laugh about it. And, you know, I don't know, you sort of suspect that if, you know, if Roy was balding and they made a bit of a joke about, not that he's in the cricket team, but um, made a joke about, oh, yes, he is in the cricket team, sorry. He is in
1: the cricket team. You get the
0: feel, you get the, so you get the feeling that if they were making a joke about Roy going bald, he probably would laugh along with it and say, oh, you know, well, that's all, you know, that's a you know shame, but they're all part of getting older. Um, yeah. But it's just because it's such a, a thing for Johnny, being so young, that um, he really takes it to heart.
1: He does. And it's tough, isn't it, to listen to because we we know that he has this, this hang up about his hair, but they don't. And it makes you wonder, you know, the amount of times we've all sort of teased each other or made a comment about something, thinking, you know, that person's in on the joke and it's totally fair game without really yeah. knowing actually there might be something going on
0: for yeah. someone. Yeah, I think I I can... I don't know whether I should share this, but I think I can remember a particular moment at university where there was a, a, a friend of mine who had this, she was, she was quite short, and she had a, this coat with quite long arms, um, and I remember seeing her walking up the, I went to Durham University, very hilly, as many universities are, so I her walk up the hill from across the road, and you could see her arms kind of going, and her arms weren't sticking out to the end of her coat, because the coat sleeve was very long. And I sort of mm. I made a bit of a comment about oh it's quite quite funny seeing you there it's quite quite, quite kind of sweet, um, and she sort of didn't get get on board with the joke in the way that I thought she might do, and I think that may have been because she was worried you know in hindsight um, she mm. you know um, was worried about her height or she um, was self conscious about the fact that she was shorter than some people so yeah mm. I think that, I think that yeah in hindsight um, that might be. Um, Maybe it was was a bit of a booby on my part.
1: But I think that it's hard, isn't it? because also we often assume that our friends, we think they're just the coolest people ever and so actually that they must be totally sorted and be really happy with who they are because they they seem really cool and mm. uh, and actually and actually you don't re- yeah, you don't really understand and it's funny also you can catch someone on a certain day. I'm not the tallest and I have that thing with sleeves. I mm. often have to roll them up so that I don't look like a child who's wearing their mother's coat. Um, and, um, uh, but and in most days, absolutely fine. And then if there's just this one day where I'm really hoping to come across as a grown up and strong, independent woman, and someone makes mm. a joke about me looking like a toddler, then,
0: mm.
1: you know, it can just catch you as well. Yeah. Really, you know, 90% of the time I'd be fine with it. And then 10%. Yeah. I
0: think, I think the word I'm sort of, I'm, I'm trying to avoid using, but it's probably inevitable, but banter um is that sort of mm. um that word that allows anything you know oh it's just banter just banter um Ugh. I do I do sort of um uh, work with a charity where we go into schools and talk to boys about various different things um but generally about, about uh the umbrella of positive masculinity um mm. and kind of you know not not kind of taking the mick out of people for no reason you know don't bully your friends effectively um and the number Mm. of times that you know the phrase oh it's just banter just banter sir it's just banter um and you have to kind of explain that actually you know just banter in inverted commas can have a um you know far more ill effects than you might realize
1: yeah it can be just an excuse for not making an effort to be kind
0: yeah kind caring empathetic all of those kind of wonderful words um that we should all aspire to that Anyway.
1: Anyway, no, this is what that was fascinating, George. Thank you. Um, but it does lead us on because you said, "Oh, you know, does Roy play cricket?" And we know he does mm. because Gavin comes in. I think this is what leads us into the changing room, isn't it? That Gavin comes yeah. in and says, "Oh, um, I've just got something for Roy. Do which one is his kit bag?" Mm. And I thought yeah. interesting, and I had worked it out by this point. He because we'd learnt this is it. We'd learned in the shop that Roy has lost his new phone.
0: Yeah, lost his phone, which he he couldn't get the hang of at all in the car the previous night. But yeah, lost his phone.
1: He's lost his new phone. And he's like, I don't know how I lost my new phone. And then Gavin comes in and goes, oh, where's Roy's kit bag? And so I'm going, that's it. He, for some reason, has Roy's new phone, must have nicked the phone off of Roy that night and is now replacing it in his bag to make it look like Roy just lost it. And I thought, what on earth is Gavin doing with his phone? Like, what can he, what can he gain? I thought, is he, is he bugging the phone? <laughs> it's not very Ambridge, though, is it?
0: <laughs> more spooks, more spooks than Ambridge, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah I, um, I was with you. I just couldn't work out what he, what he was doing with it. Why he, why he had it? Very weird. Very weird.
1: Very weird. So that was a really, really interesting little episode, and. Uh, We're all a bit worried now about Johnny as well.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, bless him.
1: And so we move on to Tuesday's episode, which begins with Jolene and Emma on the phone, which made me wonder, you know, if this might have been a scene that was re-recorded or something, because they're not in the same room as each other. I don't know. I think I might be overthinking things. Um okay, this is probably this is probably an episode that's actually in the bank of episodes mm. they'd already recorded. But I wondered whether these had been recorded remotely by the actors, because why couldn't they just be in the same room? But actually it sort of makes sense because in the scene Emma is very, very busy sorting something out. And Jolene's mm. just rang her about the the fridges and Kenton's done something stupid. Um and emma thanks jo jo jolene i started doing a lillian (laughs) emma thanks jolene about for something and we don't know quite what it is
0: yes yeah again we just kind of it's um i've struggled to follow what's happening with emma really i don't really know i don't 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 quite understand it but there's definitely yeah there's a couple of people that are doing her a favor with with regards to something, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's sort of building, isn't it? Building quite nicely. We we sort of know that there's a move happening. We, but I'm with you. I thought it was kind of a move out of town.
1: And mm, I wondered, I wonder, she was, you know, Jolene's friend, had helped mm. or something. And like, I think it, I was with you. I thought I'd missed something. Um yeah. But actually, what it sounds like is they're just building the ambiguity for a better reveal yeah. later. Yeah. Um, but they do chat about the plans for VE Day, which will be this coming Friday for us, right?
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, it sounds really good.
0: <laughs> I want to go. <laughs> yeah, I know. I I um I I was left sort of thinking, oh, because I think there were there were plans to do a big celebration, you know, in real life, IRL, as the kids say. Um, mm. They were plans to do big <laughs> celebrations. <laughs> Maybe sound about forty years old. Um, <laughs> yeah, there were plans, you know, to do do these big celebrations, and, and they're just unfortunately not going to happen now. It's a real uh, real shame.
1: Yeah, it probably won't, will they?
0: It, it, it sounds like it sounds like it would have been a good day, but it'd be interesting to see how it's all impacted. Whether we'll even hear what's impacted, I don't really know what the uh, the plan is for when how, when they get back. Um, but no. anyway,
1: <laughs> but you, you hear these plans, you know, it's like a tea dance. It's all going to be decorated really well, um, and then I thought. Oh no! You know, is it gonna is it gonna happen? Is it gonna be something that's actually affected by COVID coming to Ambridge? Mm. And then it made me feel a little bit like it's a horror movie. You know, the thing is coming. It's coming, and they don't know it's coming, but we know it's coming. <laughs> and I want to shout to them: buy your loo rolls now! Wash your <laughs> <the> soap now!
0: <laughs> if you want to make any bread, get your flour in, for goodness' sake!
1: Get used um... now! <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, it's so funny. Blimey. Sort of, we have this prior knowledge. We have this, this insider information that they don't have.
0: And which is now like an episode of Spooks and an episode of uh, The Walking Dead all in one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. And then, um, okay, so then we get another little uh, Roy update. So he obviously yeah. found his phone and it was in his kit bag. Surprise, surprise. surprise. So we know now that that's definitely what Gavin did. Mm. And then I'm still confused. I, I feel maybe a bit stupid this week. So what's happened is that he has supposedly texted the DJ for Kirsty and Philip's wedding to cancel them.
0: Yes, the text has come from Roy's phone, but we obviously know uh, that Gav has sent, the, has sent the text. Yeah, canceling the DJ. No idea. I don't understand this at all. I'm with you. Why? Did, I, at first, was like, does Gav have a problem with the DJ? I mean, sort of, maybe the DJ is his ex-fiancé? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Could not get I it know. at all.
1: What, what is he going to gain from cancelling the DJ? I think all I can think is that he's trying to drive a wedge between mm. Kirsty and Roy. Yeah. Or, as we, we find out in the next episode, that um, they're worrying about... Roy's concussion. Yeah. Is it is it this is it actually a strange gaslighting situation yeah. um where where basically Gavin's trying to undermine Roy's um reliability in yeah. remembering things?
0: Um Charlie, could you explain gaslighting to me and what gaslighting is?
1: Um gaslighting is a term that is quite frequently used in situations regarding um, domestic abuse, uh, where the abusive partner is systematically quite slowly, usually quite um, subtly undermining uh, the, uh, the other partner's sanity, basically. Mm. Um, I, again, I'm not an expert. I can I might talk to my sister, who actually is an expert on this, um, who can maybe describe it more eloquently than me, and maybe we can provide a link Uh, to the to some more information Uh, Mm. but basically the idea is maybe saying you know if you and I were in a relationship and I was trying to undermine you and your sense of your own um, sanity your sense Mm. of you know your own ability to judge a situation say we've been on a night out and you we both had a little bit to drink but you Felt like you had a really wonderful time, and it was a really great evening. And I tell you the next day, oh no no, you were acting really strangely, and everybody thought you got too drunk, and it was a bit embarrassing. And you'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, I, did, yeah. I didn't, I don't remember it like that, but maybe that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes from a play. Actually, the term comes from a play.
0: It comes from. Yeah, just the name of a play.
1: Um, because there's this play where um, where a husband and wife live in a house and she's certain that the, because the, the lights are not electric lights, they're gas lights, um, that might be electric, but there's specific kinds of lights, they're a gas light, uh, keep dimming at certain times of the day. And the husband says that she's crazy and mm. says that she must have problems because that's not happening and she's imagining things but actually it is happening and um it's because he's doing something dodgy and nefarious so he's making her feel like she might be crazy in order to undermine her and her um and her actually finding out the truth so that's where it comes from and i felt that this was a situation where gavin is potentially trying to undermine the reliability of of roy's um memories maybe how he has perceived things he can say later if if people are thinking that roy has a problem with his brain through the concussion yeah and then roy accuses them of something he can say well you know you've got some yeah. problems you 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 don't remember things properly you've got concussion we can't really listen to roy can we mm. so yeah. i wonder if that's it maybe i'm yeah. thinking too much about it
0: well I, yes i mean for me that that yeah, yeah i know exactly what you're talking about and that feels like it could be could be what he's trying to do it sort of in my mind requires a bit too much forward planning for Gav but maybe (laughs) maybe maybe I'm being harsh maybe I'm being harsh it'd be interesting whether he's come up with that plan when he's drunk or whether he kind of went into the evening thinking that's what he was going to do I don't know
1: Mm. I think you're right the the more likely it's just that um, he's just trying to drive a wedge between Kirsty and Roy isn't it because I think I wonder if Gavin has the capacity to think about something this far in advance. Um.
0: Kirstie is, you know, she is furious. She's, you know, she's She's really... She's fuming? Yeah. um, And understandably, because, well, I think, you know, whenever you've got a you know something like a wedding to organise, or um, especially particularly a wedding, that you're trying to keep secret as well. The um, yeah. strain of that, um, and then suddenly your your best man um, starts messing around with the DJ. Yeah, I mean, it's I can imagine that it would be, yeah, would be very upsetting.
1: Mm, mm. So that's sort of left there, 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 we leave that on a on a state where Roy and Kirsty mm. have fallen out a little bit, yeah. and uh, we move to sort of. I think, are they in the pub now? So it's the cricket team mm. have had their training session. And interestingly, not a, a set of allies I could have imagined. Adam is pining for a bit more of a difficult cricket training, yeah. right? He says, oh, I didn't really break a sweat.
0: Uh, for a tracer session, absolutely. Mm. Um, but we do we do hear that Johnny is sort of, he wasn't a training and he's pulled out of the match. Um, yeah. Which is, I mean, we obviously know why that is now. It's because he's feeling so self conscious about his hair, and that that has clearly been spotted by his teammates. And his teammates have completely undermined him to a certain extent. And yes, I, um, yeah, he just doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to be there because, mm. you know, there'll be, there'll be more jokes possibly. Um, and Adam does sort of, just sort of realize that that might be it i think doesn't he, he has a, he has a bit of a self-realization does he at mm. this
1: point he does yeah he goes oh do you think that's because of what i said
0: yeah yeah so yeah we just see what, what you know whether whether yeah what 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 will happen with that from now on
1: mm.
0: so johnny's johnny's out of the team
1: which is obviously bad
0: yeah but I mean, he's he, he is johnny's star batsman isn't he like he is a superb player um so he's mm. out but Jolene is in as a replacement, um, which Tracy's not happy about. But Jolene, <laughs> better. I think it's great. I, I, think, I think that's what, oh, it's what village cricket is all about, is just that Friday before a game where somebody suddenly has had some work come up or you know, can't play. And you've just got mm. to find somebody to come and stand in the field, <laughs> <And you laughs> bat at number eleven, stand in the field down at third man. Oh, it's fantastic!
1: <laughs> Is that true? Is that what it's yeah. like?
0: Well, no, yeah, it's just it's better to have somebody standing in the field than to not have somebody standing in the field because um, you know even if it's just to you know dissuade the uh, the batsman from hitting it at that that player in particular. So yeah, anybody's mm. better than nobody. So. Uh,
1: mm. Well, um, and then they get Jolene in, and I you know she's not terrible is she maybe she is she certainly isn't very experienced mm. um and Jolene and Tracy ha- jolene and Tracy have a little bit of a history because Tracy was a bit naughty during Valentine's when yes uh, they were they had renamed the bull, the bet Ambridge and Tracy yes. was being a double agent mm. <laughs> um and then Tracy's annoyed because Jolene's not very good at at cricket apparently but she does say to jolene you know you i know you and i know that you love winning and i know Mm. you're going to work hard so i'll work with you to get you better um and also i'm grateful to you for helping emma
0: yeah again what with what but we go on to uh wednesday's episode so right
1: i feel like a total idiot (laughs) Because I was like, "What is wrong with this episode? It's so dull."
0: <laughs> Ed is doing some shopping in town. You're like, "Oh my, what is this?" <laughs>
1: yeah, Ed and Robert have like a little chat about stuff, and I was like, "Okay, right."
0: <laughs> slightly odd. It's a slightly odd, uh, odd little beat up between them, and then we've we've got. So we've got. Um, Leonie's ringing Robert because she's worried about them opening the B and B again, um, which Mm. I sort of understand because she's worried about her dad and her dad's. We know we know Robert's under a lot of strain. He's he's sort of struggling. um, I think to work out how best to help Linda, Um, and I think you know from last week we've realised that they've come to this. You know what what's going to be good for both of them is to open up the B and B &B again, almost. Mm. I almost provided a plug there for an online B and B company. Um, that's, that's, <laughs> a, that's sad, isn't it? Um, yes, yeah, so they want to open up the B and B, um, and yes, I, I think that I think that that is the right thing for them because it is going to allow Robert to um, focus on something else that isn't Linda, but also give mm. Linda something to do, something tangible to kind of look forward to. Um, yeah. But Leone's worried about it. That it's going to be too much strain. Yeah,
1: she's worried about the strain. It's going to cause for her dad um mm. and I thought oh no there's going to be another bust up because she's sort of going to have rung Linda and and they're going to have words again but actually what she's done she's spoken to Linda and she's offered to come and help yes um, which is lovely isn't it
0: yeah i think so i think she's just going to come and help and uh, and she's and and she's bringing mungo with her mm. now i thought this was really yeah this was really interesting because we hear the chat about the fact that Mungo's obviously young, and he know he's obviously been told that Linda's been in a, an accident and that she's she's ill, but um, he's very worried that she's going to die.
1: Yeah, he keeps um, ringing her every day.
0: Mm, yeah, very sweet. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I sort of mentioned this to you, didn't I, George? But um, we don't know how old he is. Um, I'm, I'm not entirely sure how old Mungo is. Maybe somebody can tell us. But it, it is interesting to see what this the kind of effect that this kind of thing can have on children, because, you know, he knows something has happened. He knows an accident has happened and he can yeah. understand that, but he can't quite process it and he can't quite get a full perspective. You know, he hears accidents, so he thinks, oh, is, is Linda going to die? He can't, you know, he can't get the quite, like, the, the reality of it all. It, it's all, you know, bad or good, isn't it? It's, it's life yes. or death. Yes. um and it, it it reminded me you know because i think i think this is really interesting i think trying to explain things to children can be can be really hard and um it reminded me of this thing which um is is a bit yeah i don't want to be reminded me of a story of basically my own childhood so my mum um was often quite seriously ill throughout my childhood um and she was often taken into psychiatric hospital so it was uh, mental health problems that she experienced mainly, and uh, when I was about five or six, she was taken into hospital, and um, I actually had to go and live with my grandma for a while. And I, I was convinced, being five or six, that um, that she must be ill because of smoking. Because at five or six, the worst thing you yeah. could do was to smoke that's what I knew I knew that the cause of all evil and all illnesses was smoking and so I thought well is my mum ill because she also smokes which I mean I'm smoking was not good for her health but that wasn't the cause of of her mental health problems yeah um and and it and it and I thought this must be what's making her sad and sometimes angry, you know. And I find that it's quite sweet, really, isn't it? Oh, it must be smoking.
0: Uh, would you have had an a- awareness of the addictive qualities of smoking, or would you have a chart? Was a, would you, as a child, think that she is choosing to smoke and that is making her ill? Was there kind of an awareness of that? Like, I don't know. I
1: don't know what I'm trying mm. to say. Um. Well, I knew that smoking was addictive, although I'm not sure I understood what addiction was, you know, but Mm. I knew that it was something that you couldn't stop doing very easily. But, yeah, as a child, I thought, oh, just stop. You know, just stop smoking. It's so bad for you. And I think everyone was so clear, because my mum smoked, everyone was quite strict with me that it was really bad for me to try and prevent me also one day doing it, maybe. Um, And... I was yeah, just like, well, you know, why don't you just stop? And I I think also, you know, at times I wondered whether uh, whether it was my fault that my mom was ill because I knew that my mom had not been ill before I was born and then I had been born and then my mom was ill. Um, and occasionally I made that link. I, I, I'm really lucky and I had enough uh, love and support Around me, that that kind of idea didn't really take root in me. So I'm, mm. I was fortunate enough to grow up without that level of um, guilt and responsibility, thankfully. But you know, you also, as a child, you also think, oh, maybe I can fix it with like, I know what fixes problems is a plaster. I get wow. a plaster when I've when I've fallen over and hurt myself. So I'll I'll give Mum a plaster, or or I sometimes get chocolate buttons you know, mm. when I'm not feeling very well. So maybe mum just needs chocolate buttons. And I, I think, you know, it's quite a funny little story, this kid trying to work out how to fix the problem, but also yeah. makes me wonder about children now who are experiencing the effects of lockdown and mm. COVID-19. And oh, I mean, awfully, they might be losing family members as well, um, and they know yeah. they're not allowed to go to nursery or school but but they would really really like to please and can can I see my friends please and they're like no you can't see your friends and it just must be really disconcerting and they might be making those connections you know oh well maybe I just need to wash things like I'll wash the cat and that'll fix it or something mm. I don't
0: know <laughs> yeah yeah you see you know see little government messages about washing your hands and saying clean and keeping clean and stuff. Yeah. You can, yeah, you can imagine them. Oh, wow. That, uh, thank you for sharing that child. That's really, that's really interesting and kind of, and, and completely understandable that as a child, you just can't, you know, bringing it back to Mungo, you just can't put those things together. There's no, there's no way of sort of stepping back and seeing the whole picture. Um, mm. You just see those little things, whether it is, yes, your mummy being ill and being in hospital and then also seeing your mummy smoking and, and, and no, you know, making that connection, but not being able to see a bigger picture. Um, mm. That's really, that's really difficult. And and thank goodness that you, yes, like you say, you had the, the love around you that meant that you were able to um, grow w- w- without those thoughts sort of staying, staying with you. Um, uh, too long. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and and you know, I I've got you know lots of things that I have to deal with now as an adult as mm. a result, but thankfully I I yeah wasn't too mm. plagued by the notion that it, it was because I was born. Um, I think, yeah. Um, Good. but yeah, I um, yeah. it's it's funny, isn't it, kids kids because if you're only around in the world for five years, yes your understanding of the world is pretty narrow. So um, we've got absolutely. to probably make an effort. I'm not a mum and I'm not a teacher and I'm not a a young, I'm not a specialist in, in young people, but um, we've we've probably got to be careful about all of this and um, explaining what's going on and,
0: and yeah, being ready absolutely. for their confusion. Yeah, well, I've got, you know, I've got a friend who's got a, a three-year-old, I think, and, yeah, she's just really worried because, you know, you know however long this lockdown is going to last and it's already lasted a month and you know it looks like it's going to be up to maybe two months by the time we I don't know I've got no idea I'm I'm spreading (laughs) fake news there um uh, um, but anyway however long it lasts that's quite a large percentage of a three-year-old's life um compared Mm. to us old fogies um who (laughs) you know a couple of months is difficult, but it's more is is a kind of a, a smaller percentage. So, so yeah. Mm. And what what's what impact is that going to have on these young kids growing up without any sort of socialisation in this time? I think it's. Mm. I can imagine that. I mean, I, I've never studied psychology or, or anything like that, but I can imagine there's going to be some interesting um child psychology, you know, theses, um, you know, mm. done into development of children who have lived through this um, sort of odd COVID time. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe the be.
1: age you were during lockdown, I think yeah. is going to be a really interesting factor yeah. in, in, in your behaviour later on in life.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Very
1: I wonder whether people our age are all going to start... I, either uh, having babies or emigrating, you know, people in their in their late twenties, early thirties are going to go. Oh my gosh! I know what I want, and I'm going to go and do it now. Yes, I'm yeah, yeah. Have yeah. that baby now, or I'm not going to wait anymore. Or I'm going to move to Australia now. I'm not going to wait anymore. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder what what we'll see. <laughs>
0: One of two ways. One um, of two ways.
1: And then, oh, this episode. This is oh yes. gosh,
0: this episode. So then, <laughs> absolutely.
1: Uh, we move on, and and so Eddie is keeping Ed busy with errands. And again, I'm just like, what is going on? Like, where is this episode going? Yeah. Um, and I really did not twig that
0: no, Eddie was
1: keeping Ed away from Grange Farm.
0: I could tell something was wrong with Eddie. Like, you know, could see it in his voice. Oh, could, he he could was- you hear it in his voice that something? He he was distracted by something. I didn't know what it was. Didn't have a clue. But there was something, definitely something distracting him when he was asking to go on all these errands, um, but didn't have a clue what.
1: I did not twig at all, George. At least you, mm. at least you got that far. Um, <laughs> and so he gets home to Grange Farm and he finds a big mobile home in the yard. And he assumes that it's people who've settled there without asking. So he gets really aggressive and goes barging in, banging on the door. And it was at this point that I went, oh! Oh, I think I've worked it out.
0: Now I hadn't. <laughs> embarrassingly, I hadn't worked it out <laughs> at this point. So I was ahead of you, but then you've overtaken me um, and got there. <laughs> I mean, that's just probably me being a bit slow, a little distracted. But uh, yes, well done. It's it's Emma. Oh,
1: Emma opens the door, and yeah. we find out that this is why she wanted a chunk of money. Yeah, um, um, and she says. I realised, you know, I thought I wanted a fancy house, but what I really wanted was just a home.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, gosh, George. It was everything I was hoping for, I've got to say. We've been talking about in these episodes for a while, I've been talking about Emma maybe needs to Mm. work out what she really wants in life, what she really needs, and and realise that she, you know, I'm not saying that she's, like, super lucky. I would say that Mm. she's dealt with a lot of hardship, um, yeah. And probably will have to again in the future. But yeah. she does have children that she loves, and her well, she did have her husband who she loved, yeah. and potentially she lost sight of the things that she has.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think it was, yeah, that yes, like you say, all, all that stuff we've been building up for me was in that pause before. I can't remember what she she said. You know, there's a there's a there's there's room for me. There's room for the kids, and there's a little pause and for you ed <laughs> uh, and it was oh. just lovely and yeah i was with you it was it was beautiful and and it was it was great to hear a couple actually talking you know they were they were talking over <laughs> their things and for me it was uh this 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 kind of reminded me of how effective radio drama is sort of again sort of stepping away from the emotion of it all at the moment before we get too emotional again between the two of us um <laughs> it's it it just reminded me how effective radio drama is because I was there I was in the mobile home with them I was just like I was living it I was I could just picture them there sat on the I don't know where they were but yeah it was it was really really lovely really lovely
1: yeah it was really well written and really well acted and edited I'm sure as well produced and uh yeah, it felt cozy and small for a second, didn't it? You were really you were in that little living room with them. Yeah. And they showed you the, the rooms and you thought, Oh, it's a nice size. Mm. And they don't need much. They've just each got a bedroom. Yeah. They've got a space. Then they're on Grange Farm. So yeah. they're not you know, they're they're with they're near Eddie and Clary and yeah. they won't be far from Susan and Neil. Yeah. Oh
0: But it's their space. It's their home. Yes. Um, yeah.
1: And she—it feels like Emma's really, really got it. She's really understood, and she says, mm. you know, with everything that's happened, even before the accident, yeah. and then the accident, you know, the the explosion as well, and yeah. it's made me realise what I really actually need, ultimately, mm. when it comes down to it. Yeah. Um, uh, I won't—I'm not embarrassed to say, George, that I had a little cry. Uh, um, uh, f- from joy, and uh, the listeners can know I, I then sent a picture of myself crying to George. Yes, uh, <laughs> I was like, it was very Listen sweet. to Wednesday's episode. I knew
0: exactly which episode you'd reached. I assumed it <laughs> wasn't the end of uh, Tuesday's episode. Yes, no, I, I, I was with te- tears in the eyes as well. It was, it was really, uh, really beautiful. Thank you. Yeah,
1: well done, the archers Indeed. Um, and I think it's interesting as well. Again, in this time that we are in you start to if you're as lucky I'm very lucky I, I've got you know somewhere to live that I, and I'm safe and a uh, roof over my head and I've got my partner and and you an go oh, hold on a minute. yeah an idiot he's such an idiot but <laughs> you realize that okay I, I you know maybe yeah. I maybe I was getting to a place where I thought I needed like loads of different mm-hmm. stuff and yeah. actually when it when the crisis hits what do I really need? Mm. Yeah. And I have got it. So maybe, you know, I need to be a bit more appreciative of all that kind of oh, thing. That's a really point. So Thursday's episode.
0: Ed and Emma in the in the mobile home and the sort of, it's just really, it's a really kind of like picturesque scene, isn't it? They're kind of, you know, talking about having a bacon sandwich, remembering a camper van they used to have. I don't know, um don't know, don't know what that was, but that sort of reminds me, we had, used to have a, a um, my family had a folding camper van. Yours did? Yeah. Yeah, we had a little, little sort of little. It was a little tra- trailer thing, and and you stick it on the back of the car, drive down to Cornwall, get to the campsite, and then had basically had a crank, and you wound this up, and as you wind it up, the roof gradually rises, and it turns into a camper van. There, we've fitted a family wow. of five of us in there. Um, so I think me and my two brothers, I think all probably shared one bed or something like that. But it was uh, absolutely brilliant, so much fun. I've got very fond memories of it. Um, I can sort of still picture the. Kind of the awful colour of the thing. <laughs> I don't think anyone would design one like that now. But uh, um, but yeah, it's fabulous.
1: That's gorgeous. How idyllic. Yeah. And they're chatting about all of that, and they're they're going to the, the place Emma finds Ed in the the place where they actually broke up. Right.
0: Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? That sort of those sorts of places can hold power in some ways. I don't know. Mm. A place where you break up, you can kind of picture it or or yes, he's sort of found himself drawn back there. And um, and then I just had a, I had a horrible moment where he started apologising again. I thought, oh, no, Ed, don't, stop it.
1: <laughs> no, I know. Um, I was like, oh, no, Ed, come on. But actually, Emma says, come on, yeah. you know, yeah, stop apologising. Because Ed's saying, oh, I'm really sorry. I don't want you to give up on your dreams yeah. for me. You don't have to give up on your aspirations. And she yeah. points out, she's like, no, I, I know, but... What, I, what I've learned is it's, not up, it's up to me to make me yeah. happy. And, and you keep blaming yourself for everything that goes wrong. Yeah. That you keep, you've let me down. But yeah. actually, you don't have that power. I have that power.
0: Mm. And yeah.
1: we've got to succeed together and fail together.
0: Yeah, I think she has a nice sort of like, you know, it's not up to you to make me happy, um, which is really, Mm. really lovely point. And she's and nicely she's been talking to Linda um, and talking about Mm. Linda and Robert's relationship, which is really and they sort of they have that as this kind of, you know, growing old together like Linda and Robert as a kind of a, you know, and that there will be ups and downs and and we will have to adapt. And that will, you know, our dreams and our goals will change as as we live through life, because life does affect things like that. but. You know, as long as you're you're together, that's all you really need.
1: Mm. And it's quite realistic as well, because you know that, you know, things are going to happen. You know, you can yeah. you can have found the one you love and you can have worked through some difficult times and think, right, good, we're set now. And yeah. then a literal explosion can occur Yes, yeah. and yeah. change everything again. Yeah. <laughs> and Absolutely. you have to know those things will come, but you can yeah. adapt and you can work through them together. I don't know about you, George. I, I quite liked it because it's it was very romantic but in a realistic way you know it still had hope and a romance yeah. to it but it was a yeah. much more realistic picture of a long-term relationship and i loved yes. it it's
0: not that sort of like uh you know it's not the story of a romantic you know love at first sight you know all meeting and falling in love sort of thing it's that romantic two people who have been in love for years and we can see are going to be in love for many years longer um Yes. No, totally with you. Really, really lovely. But we're
1: a team and we have to work yeah. together and it takes a bit yeah. of work sometimes. Yeah. But in a way, the fact that I want to put that work in is quite romantic.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And then Pip speaks to Lillian.
0: Yep. So she's taken Adam's advice. She's, she's, she's speaking to Lillian, um, which, is, which is great. She sort of asks a little advice about the Justin problem. And Lillian comes up with a really nice realisation. Nice let Justin think that he's won. Um, which is uh, which is which is she just knows him so well doesn't she um yeah. and her what's her idea her idea is
1: um i think she just says basically let let justin do all the legwork yes. on all the difficult things but if you take over the marketing i think
0: yes yeah Yeah. absolutely yeah so she, she you know she says you know take over the, the advertising for the actual office spaces and if it happens that you get nice eco-friendly uh, ethical companies then so be it um, mm. Yeah, yeah.
1: Very clever, Lillian. Very very clever. smart, Lillian. And then uh, we move on. Roy is. So we mentioned this a bit earlier, but Roy mm. is now a little worried that um, that uh, he might have his concussion might be back, or he's had some sort of more permanent yeah. or more serious damage on his brain because of his forgetfulness. Yeah. Which we know isn't him. We know that that's Gavin's fault. That, yeah. that he's making Roy think that he's ill. Ooh, I got angry
0: and and, and there's a quite a sweet moment where um Roy tries to resign as best best man which is quite sweet really it's sort of it honestly so it reminded me of um when I asked my when I was getting married I asked my oldest friend to, to be my best man um and I said to him, oh you know you know there's nobody else I'd rather have and he sort of said well actually I'm going traveling this year and I don't really feel like I could do the best job being your best man because I'm going to be away for most of the year in the lead up to the wedding and I wouldn't want to do a rubbish job so I sort of feel like I shouldn't say yes and I sort of said you know have a little think about it Um, but I thought it was really sweet because he was just being so thoughtful and kind of putting Mm. putting me ahead of you know him getting the position of best man sort of thing um
1: yeah that, I and mean, that's a true friend isn't it
0: <laughs> yeah 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 half an hour later i had about six, six missed calls i him saying no i've got to do it i've got to do it i can't miss out on this um you know, because, you know <laughs> but it was really sweet his first instinct was to kind of look after me and look after the wedding um so yeah i can get that there's a nice bit of nice bit of friendship there for uh, for roy and Kirsty.
1: yeah that was lovely and, and it's, it comforts me because i know that roy will be there for Kirsty. yes when this wedding occurs, mm. whenever it does. Because my yeah. auntie keeps reminding me, you know, that Kirsty's first experience of a wedding was pretty horrendous. Um, well, yeah. And now she's going another one, which which I yeah. feel like, I mean, maybe this is a bit too sort of similar to a different kind of BBC mm. soap drama, but that that a big negative thing is going to occur on the day that she gets married to Philip.
0: We'll have to see, won't we? Blimey, who mm. knows?
1: And we're going to have to wait for that as well, because yes. that is now not going to happen for a while.
0: Yeah, I know. And we, we finished the episode with, with back with Ed and, Ed and Emma and uh, with their little nameplate for their mobile home, Little Grange. Oh, yeah. Which little is really Grange. lovely. That's beautiful. Oh, that's so, it's so and lovely.
1: And then they literally, almost literally go running off into the sunset, playing games and yeah. chasing each other.
0: Yeah. Blimey. But we're leaving them there. We're going to leave we them there. We The next how many weeks?
1: I felt a little that because we're not going to get um, any more episodes in this yeah. sort of current world for, for a little while, yeah. that in a way we've, we've left Ed and Emma frozen in time in this blissful place. And oh, that's we can nice. just have a bit longer there
0: <laughs> before something inevitably bad happens to them again. Yeah, that's nice, actually. I like that. And that was the end of the week's episode. That's it. What a week. Oh, very good. Very good. They've done well, haven't they? Very lovely. They have. Two, two proper sort of almost felt like Friday episodes in that week. I don't know. Yeah, kind of proper mm. you know, stuff happening. and uh, Yeah, really lovely. Really lovely. We cried. We got angry. And we, uh, yes.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. And um, so next week, we will start with the old episodes. So I think it begins with all the weddings that have and haven't yeah. happened. So you've got Ed yeah. and Emma's wedding. You've got Kirsty yeah. and Tom's.
0: Yes, in inverted commas, wedding. So I can't wait to hear that.
1: Because I never heard that the first time around.
0: No, no, absolutely. These are all episodes, I think, other than, I think, we've got Joe Grundy's wake, I think, haven't we, the end of the week. But I... Yeah. Um, other than that, I don't think I've heard any of the episodes. So it'll be really interesting, really interesting to hear.
1: I did hear, I think I started my Archer's, my sort of latest Archer's journey, not when I was a kid mm. listening with my mum, but I remember, you know, when we talked about in the very first episode of Archer's and Tea, you know, how we started mm. getting into it. And mine was um, because of the Helen and Rob storyline, very similar yeah. to you. But one of the first sort of episodes I remember was actually the um, Ed and Emma wedding. So this is going to be quite nice for me to go back oh. to that. And then we get to go back further and I think we get to hear Adam and Ian's as well.
0: Yeah. It's very exciting. Yeah. yeah, I really look forward to it. Are you up for up for up for chatting about the episodes over a cup of tea next week? If you are. Absolutely. We'll we'll keep we'll keep <laughs> chatting. Um you don't have to keep listening. <laughs> don't feel under any duress. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it'd be love it'd be lovely to have you with us if you would be uh, you, you'd like to join us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um thanks so much guys for listening. Keep looking after yourselves um and have a great week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Take care everyone and uh yeah, have a great week. Bye.
1: Bye.